Free Code Camp is an open source community where you learn web development. Basically, it's self-study together. A lot of our platform and our curriculum are being designed and developed by campers. You can do a tremendous amount with JavaScript without needing to involve any other languages. Age range is generally 25 to dead. Pretty much everyone, like if they studied physics or if they studied math or something like that, they're realizing in order to actually get a good job, they're gonna need to learn to code as well. Hey, this is Brian, and you're listening to Jamstack Radio, a bi-weekly series where we discuss the Jamstack, a new way of building websites and apps that are fast, secure, and simple to work with. Jamstack Radio is brought to you by Heavybit, a program dedicated to helping startups take their developer products to market. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. Cool, so welcome to another installment of Jamstack Radio. On the line, I've got Berkeley Martinez, uh, the one and only. What up? And then I've also got Quincy Larson. Hey, everybody. So I'm actually, I'm a big fan of Freed Camp. I don't know if I even told you this, but um, I actually started it a while ago. So back when it first came out, I had started it, started like one of the first lessons, and then I dropped off really quickly. So hopefully I'm not the testament of all the other users that have Freed Camp. But I'm also a big fan of what you guys are doing. So just to introduce you guys, you guys are from Freed Camp. Do what do you guys want to explain what Free Code Camp is? Yeah, um, Free Code Camp is an open source community where you learn web development, JavaScript, HTML, CSS, and then a lot of advanced technologies like uh, Node.js, Express, React, and even some D3. And basically, it's self-study together. So if you have ever wanted to learn to code at night after work, after the kids are down for bed, or just over the weekends when you have time. Free Code Camp is completely self-paced, it's completely free, and you have access to a massive community that's all working through the same curriculum together, so everybody can help everybody. And that's basically how it works. We have a very active community. We have about 350,000 people who use it each month, and very active chat rooms on Gitter and a popular forum. And then we have our Medium publication where we publish articles, mostly technical articles, but also some motivational articles about learning to code. And then we also have a YouTube channel. So people are creating short educational videos on computer science and mathematical concepts there too. Wow. Sounds like it's pretty involved. So do you guys want to really quick explain what your roles there are at Free Code Camp? Uh, so I'm CTO of Free Code Camp. I essentially manage the GitHub repo and servers and the databases and everything else technical that we can't easily open up for everyone to take a look at. Cool. And then Quincy, what's your role at Free Code Camp? Oh, I started Free Code Camp back in October of 2014 and ever since then I've just been kind of overseeing the curriculum and doing support and I edit the medium publication, so I wear a lot of hats. Basically, I just try to do everything I can to to help as many people learn to code and get get their first developer job as I can. Cool. And then, uh, so we've got two of you here. So, how big is the team that's involved in Free Code Camp? It's three people plus hundreds of volunteer contributors. <laughs> oh, very cool. So, I, I imagine like if someone goes to the program, it's easier to get volunteers that way. Is that how kind of it works? Yeah, we have uh, experienced developers who are also contributing, but yeah, a lot of our platform and our curriculum are being designed and developed by campers. Cool. 
One of the reasons I reached out to you guys specifically to talk about what we want to talk about today in the podcast, which is about learning JavaScript in 2017, is the fact that you guys are a JavaScript code camp. Like you guys literally chose JavaScript as like the, the front and the back end choice to teach people how to program. Why JavaScript? Why was that chose instead of something just as popular like Python or Ruby? Sure. Well, I mean, you could argue that in, in some respects, a language like Python might be slightly easier to learn. Like syntactically, it's a little simpler. It has like forced indentation and some basic things that, that make it a little easier to learn. But actually, once you get past a couple of the uh, syntactic ambiguities of JavaScript, it's not terribly hard to learn. Uh, I mean, you have like some asynchronous stuff you have to worry about, but it's, it's a high-level scripting language, so it's relatively easy to learn. It's by far the most popular language for open source projects, and it's the lingua franca of the browser. So basically, you can't avoid it. Even if you were to hypothetically learn Python and Django, uh, you would still need to learn a whole lot of JavaScript in order to actually be able to build anything interesting on the web. As a result, since Node.js is pretty awesome, it's under heavy development, the backend component with Express and and now Loopback and some other really cool tools, you can do a tremendous amount with JavaScript without needing to involve any other languages. And my sentiment has always been you should learn one language really well before you attempt to learn a second one. You, you certainly should learn additional languages, but only once you've learned a lot of the underlying concepts associated with programming languages. Yeah, and that, that's a good point. Your last point, too, is it definitely hits hard, too, as well, where you... Most people, including myself, like when I first got into programming, I got into the program because I wanted to make iPhone apps, and then I found out really quickly Objective C is like at this at the time three years ago, Objective C was the only choice, and Objective C is hard. And then when you get the Big Nerd Wrench book, like I did, the very first like the preface of the book is like, "Hey, well, before you do this, you should learn C." And I said, "Wait, hold on, what? You learn a whole other language?" <laughs> yeah, so it's like a bait and switch of like I just want to program iPhone apps, but oh, now I have to learn two languages, C and then Objective C. So that's a, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Like especially since you can do JavaScript on the back end and on the front end, it makes a lot of sense why that would be the first programming language for someone new. So, can you talk about a little bit about um, like what types of individuals are finding themselves to free CodeCamp? I mean. Are, are these computer science dropouts? Are these people like high schoolers? Are these like what? I don't want to paint the demographic, but what is a demographic for Free Code Camp people? Sure, I'd be happy to answer that. Um, so, Free Code Camp, the uh, age range is generally twenty-five to dead. I mean, we have <laughs> we have uh, a wide range. We we have some people. Uh, I think like maybe twenty-ish percent. 25% of people who use Free Code Camp are under 25, and they're still um, in traditional schooling or recent graduates. But a vast majority of them have finished school, most of whom have finished university and sometimes graduate degrees as well, and have been working for a few years, and they're interested in changing fields. Common fields that they'll be in, finance, accounting, other procedural heavy fields, other fields of engineering, and they want to learn software development because if you look at the STEM job market, everybody's talking about the need for people to learn STEM. Well, that job market, like 60% of those jobs directly involve programming as a core function. So pretty much everyone, like if they studied physics or if they studied math or something like that, they're realizing in order to actually get a good job, they're going to need to learn to code as well. So that's a big chunk of our audience as well. 
So then, can you tell me a little bit more about, because I want to talk about learning JavaScript in 2017, but I also want to talk about how do you guys approach, so I am Starbucks barista, I want to learn, or even I'm a engineering major that I have graduated, I'm working in the field, but I, I'm not really doing coding, I want to learn something more. Like, where do you guys start as far as free code camp goes and, and learning? We have a, a linear curriculum, it's one size fits all, but you can drop in at any point. Okay. Virtually all of the content is optional. You just have to build projects that meet various user stories in order to actually earn all the certificates. And we issue free certificates if you complete a certain set of projects. If you build those out and they're publicly accessible on CodePen or on Cloud9 or GitHub IO or something like that, and we can also go and look at the source code and you know if it's verifiable that you've completed these, we issue these certificates, and then after you complete enough of those certificates, we have a huge practicum, essentially, where you build projects for nonprofits, and uh, you contribute to open source projects that help nonprofits as well. So you can enter at any point as long as you hit a few of the kind of checkpoints in there, but everything's open. You don't even need an account to go and use Free Code Camp. You can just dive in and start learning. That's very interesting, because I actually run into a lot of people who maybe started programming 10 years ago back when programming looked a lot different so if they have like a little bit of experience it makes a lot of sense like if they don't if it's not they don't have to go through all the beginnings beginnings of javascript if they did you know es4 or 5 and back in the day it makes a lot of sense to jump in in the middle so as a, a bit of a, a follow up question javascript itself is it's very dynamic yes you can do it on the back and the front end um, but one of the, my biggest issues with javascript is that the flavors of how you approach JavaScript. So you can add plugins using NPM, or you can throw script tags you know, in your index.html. Or you could just use jQuery for everything, figure out some sort of starter template and use jQuery. Like, how, how does someone like approach the diversity of approaching JavaScript? Someone new to this? Someone brand someone new. Someone just learning out. Probably the best bet is to find some way where there's almost no barrier to entry and Number one would be just open up DevTools in your browser. So in Chrome, just open up DevTools and just start writing JavaScript in there. You can write uh, JavaScript right in the uh, DevTools and save it there, and it'll run in your browser. The other way is using services like JSBin and C9 and just writing code in there, and these things will auto-update for you. And that's the quickest way to get running, right? You don't want to worry about learning Webpack or... Bundling or CSS preprocessors, just get into writing code, and then the other stuff will follow. Yeah, that's that's a definitely a good point. I'm sure you guys have a good path, especially if you have a, a linear program where you can jump it in and out. Um, so if you are unfamiliar of like even CSS, I guess um, I'm sure there's an insertion point for you to start learning. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So then, okay. So let's get the meat of it. So 2017, we we just went to 2016. It was a very interesting year in general. There's a lot of stuff going on in 2016. 2017, obviously, we don't know everything that's going to come on. But I know personally, I've only been doing JavaScript pretty heavily, maybe a year and a half. So I came in at ES5. I saw ES6 come and then go. And then I saw like now what ES7 is now 2016 now and what that is. Um, I also saw React make a big footprint in the JavaScript e- ecosystem and like basically take over as far as like the choice for JavaScript uh, libraries, mm-hmm. um, at least in the cutting edge. The UI, uh, yeah, right. so I mean, there's uh, you, jQuery still is def- like 
one of the still top number one job hiring. Yeah, is jQuery. It's going to be a long time before that's that surpassed. Right? Yeah, that's a good is point. Definitely a close second. Yeah, so it's you, you. Would you recommend in 2017? Would you still recommend someone to learn jQuery as their first intro? Mm, no, I'd recommend just do plain plain uh, vanilla JavaScript. JavaScript because the reasons why jQuery became so popular aren't as valid anymore, right? So we have really nice uh, document querying built into the browser, right? Modern browsers, so you don't really need jQuery to do fancy selectors, right? Yeah, which is what people are using jQuery for. Yeah. Doing fancy selectors to modify the DOM in real time, yeah. So J- JavaScript is, is the best way to start with, and then probably moving on to something like React. Cool. What it sounds like is the the main focus is again what Quincy said earlier is just learn JavaScript. Yeah, definitely. And then, what's your opinion now? Because there's definitely a lot of old tutorials out there at the moment, and I'm not sure if you guys updated the ESX yet. Is there value in learning ES5 first? So what I always say is learn the current JavaScript. And ES6 introduced a lot of new stuff that you don't necessarily need to learn JavaScript, right? But there are nice things to learn to learn programming. So there's the ES6 class syntax, which is very close to class syntax in other languages. So if you want to learn OOP, object-oriented programming, then it's a good thing that we have the class syntax, right? Things like that, shorthands like the uh, arrow function, object creation shorthand, object notation shorthand, stuff like that. But these are just little nice to haves. But the meat and potatoes of JavaScript has always been there since CS5. Very cool. So I'm actually really intrigued about this uh, the portion of your program where you guys actually do some open source work. Um, is this open source help for nonprofits? Is this also, I mean, obviously it sounds like it's going to be JavaScript. Is that what you guys are working on? We actually lit the Campers themselves choose the languages. Oh, really? Yeah, so we dictate what people learn in the browser. So when we go to Free Code Camp, we want them to learn HTML, CSS, JavaScript because chances are, if you're entering into the web development field, you're gonna run into those, and so you'll be best prepared. But once you get to the projects, so we separate them into front end, back end, React, and D3. Once you get to those projects, except for D3 and React, where you have to use D3 and React, you can do your front-end code in whatever language you want. If you want to do it in CoffeeScript, you can do it in CoffeeScript. We just give you a set of user stories, and you have to make sure you fulfill those user stories. Uh-huh. Yeah, So we, we don't want to limit anyone in those projects. And it goes the same for the uh, nonprofit projects. right? So if they want to use Java to build their backend, they can feel free to do so. Um, and then I guess the nonprofits could also suggest if they already have uh, an ecosystem they use, but I don't think that actually happens very often. Most of the time, the nonprofit just wants something built. They don't know anything about what to use, right? As, as far as technology is concerned. Yeah, you just get a, a list of ideas of what they are they're aiming for, and then mm-hmm. um, I guess it, would that be the same way for project-based learning as well? Do they also get user stories at that point, or is that specific? Oh, so, so the user stories are for the projects. So oh, okay. The, so, but when it comes to the nonprofit part of it, what is dictated, what they need to be built is usually dictated by the nonprofit. So they have a certain need that needs to be filled, and then they develop user stories, and it's done in um, an agile fashion. And so they have sprints, and it's a very professional way of, of building these projects. Cool. And then... Um, uh, one more follow-up question to that too, as well. So the campers, they do open source work and they also do project-based learning. 
But did um, they also do open source contributions to like JavaScript tools as well? Has that ever happened? Yeah, some of them do. It's all open ended, so we they can okay. do uh, any side projects they want. The main thing, so we have the certification programs, and the only thing we require for those certifications are the completion of uh, I think it's twenty or forty or so projects, and that's it. And so we encourage them to contribute to open source and. Our main repo, which is one that they'll probably contribute to most likely, um, we have a set of guidelines that we try to make as close as possible to what the open source community at large expects. So a certain branch naming scheme, making sure to add closing issue numbers to the description so GitHub picks up that this PR closes an issue, to describe the changes in a certain way and make sure the titles are short but descriptive. And we do this in the hopes that they'll contribute to other projects and the PRs they contribute will more likely be accepted and at a quicker pace than normal, right? So contributing to other projects is kind of like a milestone, right? Contributing to open source projects. And the, the first one that happens is always like nerve wracking because you don't know if you're yeah. doing it right or if the PR is going to be accepted or the person that runs the repo is just going to yell at you for not doing it right. So uh, we want uh, the first PR to be free code camp so that we can guide them through the process. And then the next one they do, whether it's free code camp's repo or someone else's repo, it's a lot easier. Right? It's a lot less nerve wracking. Yeah, and Brian, I, let me tell you about something else we're doing re- related to open source for nonprofits. Just uh, okay. a few months ago, we started a program called Open Source for Good. And Historically, we've always done these projects where we do it in an agile manner, like Berkeley said, with a stakeholder who basically understands the fundamental underlying business need of like a food bank logistics app or an app to run a local hockey league. And basically, they understand the needs and, and they walk us through what needs to be built through iterations. Every week we have a sprint until we've actually built out what they need. We ship it. And then basically, historically, it was kind of up to them to maintain it. And then we would pick up legacy projects and occasionally build out new features for them. Well, what we're doing now is when we build one of these projects, we're building it with the intention of open sourcing the resulting project and then having the people who built it stay on as maintainers and then inviting open source contributions from other campers as they finish so so they can get the real world experience of Maintaining a large, evolving application rather than just building greenfield projects over and over, which doesn't actually happen as much in the field. Usually people are maintaining existing projects. Yeah. So open source for good, that's a new initiative, and we're going to start releasing the first big projects pretty soon. Okay. Is that separate from Freed Code Camp, or is it part of the, the roadmap for, for campers? It's part of Free Code Camp. Basically, it, you'll do it in addition to traditional nonprofit projects. Cool. So I just have one more final question, and this is separate from Free Code Camp, and it's super, super polarizing. What is the best framework for JavaScript at the moment? <laughs> I'm very opinionated about this. I think it's React, React Redux. It's just the API is so simple; it's easy to teach. What's difficult about teaching it is just the concepts, the ideas around it. But you know, the API is simple. Other than that, I would say sometimes you just don't need a framework, right? Yeah. I know a lot of people as their first project will build a blog, but a lot of times your blog doesn't need to be a framework. It's just a bunch of files, right, with a template. Yeah. So you can use something 
Jamstack related to yeah. build that. Yeah, something's totally Jamstack that's so separate from your API and uh, maybe even static site generator like Gatsby. Yeah, and hosted on Netlify. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. So let's uh let's roll right into the the picks, and uh, I'll let you guys go after me because I want to roll right into what you just mentioned. As far as my pick, uh, JavaScript thirty. If you go to JavaScript thirty dot com, West Boss is put together this tutorial about making JavaScript projects, but removed from frameworks and plugins. So you can't pull in Lodash, you can't pull in React. You have to build these small JavaScript apps without any help from the JavaScript ecosystem. And it's not hard, fast rules. Like basically, he gives you the the ideals of what the project looks like, and then the assets, so all the images and CSS, and you just do all the JavaScript that goes along with with it. But I love that idea. I love the fact that you just you're you're writing basically JavaScript, which is a lot of what you guys were talking about. So that's my first pick. My second pick, actually, Quincy, it's uh, the the actual Medium post that you wrote, which is what programming language should I learn first on Medium? It's part of your. Uh, we didn't even mention, but you guys. For Medium, or you kind of mentioned in the beginning of as far as what your role is, but you guys have a super awesome Medium. I don't know what they call them, like Publication. publications. Publication, yeah. Yeah. So if you're not if you're not following Free Code Camp on Medium and getting what's next and the hottest in programming, and just like some really good thought provoking pieces from random people. I'm not sure how you guys find these people, but random people from the community. Definitely, that's my third pick. I guess I kind of rolled into another pick, <laughs> but that's my third pick. Berkeley, did you have any uh, picks you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I have two. Let's see if I can remember the second one while I talk about the first one. So the the first one is a. So I've actually been looking into Closure and Closure Script, and I tried a year ago to learn, and it's just it was a horrible experience, just because there's documentation was really poor, and I don't know the JVM very well, and not familiar with the, the process. It was just a horrible experience, but uh, it's come a long way now, and I want to. Uh, give a shout out to a project called Untangled. So some of you may have heard of Ohm Next. Ohm Next is great, but it doesn't have it suffers from the same issue. The documentation is really poor and out of date. Ohm Next is a full stack framework, closure, closure script. On the front end it uses Ohm Next and the back end it uses uh, closure. I'm not exactly sure what framework it uses on the back end, but the reason why I think Untangled is so great is because the documentation is fantastic. There's tons of documentation, uh, there's guides, and the creator has a like a 10-part series on YouTube, and each video is like 20 minutes long. It just goes through creating the to-do MPC, and uh, he talks about every little bit, every little aspect of building this app in Closure, Closure Script, which I think is fantastic. The second one is, this band I just learned about, and they've been around for a while, but they're called The Coup. They're, they're based here in Oakland. Uh, oh, really? Which is great. And I went to the Oakland United Benefit for the Goshen Fire yesterday, and they were playing there. And I was like, oh, man, I, I can't believe I've never heard of these, these guys. So that's one I wanted to promote. Cool. Yeah, I'll definitely check them out. Quincy, you're last. Uh, got any, uh, any things you're jamming on? Man, I'm absolutely in love with uh, GoMix.com, which used to be HyperDev. You may have already tried HyperDev. Well, they just rebranded as GoMix. But it's awesome. It's basically full-stack development right in the browser. Uh, full-stack JavaScript, so Node and any libraries you want to pull in through NPM. And, of course, it has like this super simplified version of Git exporting, <laughs> so you don't even have to deal with Git or 
the command line or anything. It, you basically just, it abstracts that away and you just focus on building your API. And the thing about this that I love is you don't even, at least when I last checked, you don't even need to create an account. You just show up and you start doing it. And it's live immediately. Like whatever app you build is immediately live and you can send the URL to people and they can check it out and it's totally free. It's by the people who built Trello and the guy who founded Stack Overflow has a company called Fog Creek. Yeah, I didn't realize all those connections. I heard of GoMix, but I didn't realize all those connections were inside of GoMix. As well as that it was hyperdev as well. Yeah, so uh, we are building an entirely new backend development curriculum. It's almost done. We're just basically doing final QA on it and finishing a few test-driven projects where you'll actually have a test suite and you'll just get all the tests to pass as part of building your project instead of having these more abstract user stories. You'll actually have hard tests that you have to pass. But we're building it all uh, to interface with GoMix. So we're extremely excited about GoMix and uh, I'm using it several hours a day. Very cool. Well, I just want to thank you, uh, Quincy, for jumping on the call today and taking some time out of the day, and then Berkeley as well, walking over here in the rain. Um, <laughs> definitely appreciate with it. it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm actually I'm really looking forward to the next year of JavaScript and learning even more too. So I mean, I feel like I'm like everybody else. I think everybody else is pretty new in JavaScript in general. Even people listen to the podcast, but I feel like I'm still new. But I feel like I'm just like uh, bright eyed and uh, bushy tailed about the the state of JavaScript coming up. So yeah, thanks again, guys, and uh, keep spreading the jam. That's all the time we have for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library. It's packed with amazing talks on sales, marketing, product, and general management from founders of developer tools companies and other industry leaders. 